Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I, the Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator backed company, we know what it takes to have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow and scale by taking over 24 7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on demand support to help do that. Each week on this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the session. I'm Ethan Lieber, the CEO of Latchel, here with our guest today, Rob Nickel, the founder of Rocket Station, a company that sources VAs for a customized strategy for your business. Uh, Latchel actually uses Rocket Station. We've done hiring for VAs we use from them. So I'm really excited to have you here, Robert. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I super appreciate it. So uh, and as you already know, and we talked about this before the show, Latchel uses Rocket Station. Um, we've done hiring for VAs through Rocket Station. We've loved it. Um, and I have a lot to say about Rocket Station, but I want to let you start us off with a quick intro in your own words on kind of like Rocket Station's elevator pitch. What do we need to know about Rocket Station? What do you what do y'all offer? We are trained virtual assistants. So we are real estate experts and real estate professionals. So um, I, I started my career in real estate. So we are the easy button, the easy solution to productivity and efficiency in hiring virtual assistants. And we do that in a couple step process, which you know, cause you went through it. It's just, it's an alignment phase. It's a discovery phase to make sure it's the right fit. And then we have systems and processes in place for success. We match uh, skill sets to job description, and then we help you onboard for accountability and transparency and the, the ROI that you expect and deserve. So that's the overdone elevator pitch. You're right on. Um, I, I, if it's under 60 seconds, you can probably get from floor one to floor 10. <laughs> if there's more floors, you have even more time, right? Um, that's perfect. So, I, And I want to dig in actually to a few of the things you said because um, I know you provide a lot of help and a big value proposition is that you're really kind of partnering with your customers to help build out their process for you know onboarding and training and bringing in VAs. You do a bunch even before that step on you know, training up the VAs uh, that you have in, in your talent pool. Um, but before we get there, I, I kind of want to learn a little bit more about you. And this is actually our first time talking, so uh, it'll, it'll be good for me and our listeners. I'd love to know a little bit more about how you started Rocket Station and how you actually got into this business. Yeah, so pretty quick after college, I was working a corporate job and I jumped into real estate full time, um, wanting to be an entrepreneur, wanting to control my time and control my outcomes. Of course, I wanted to be financially independent, but my real goal was to be able to control time. And that meant doing what I want, when I wanted to, with who I wanted to. And I know that's a cliche, but it was what I actually wanted. And I wanted to be able to make enough money to support that lifestyle. So I jumped into real estate, um, got my, my realtor's license while I was uh, uh, working on uh, becoming a, an investor. I wanted to flip houses. And in Texas, where I lived, it's a non-disclosure state. So to get access to, to the MLS, to be able to run comps, uh, it was critical. So I got my license. So I was doing some retail and I was fixing flipping at the time. And I was doing three to four transactions a month and pretty much hit a ceiling. So it, I, I was working 60, 70 hours a week, answering the phone from every call. So the general phone lines I was answering, I was running you know, working the seller leads and the inside sales, then I'd run comps and I'd set appointments and go meet with sellers and carry it from contract to close. And while I was meeting with sellers, my phone was ringing. And then it was just, that was my day was my cell phone stuck to my head and driving to another appointment and writing down on a notepad and trying to figure it all out. Um, and I got exhausted. And so I went and visited my broker who I was hanging my, my realtor license 
and he had a pretty good life. He, um, he made great money. He had a great, um, a, a great business, but he was really a lifestyle guy. He wanted to be there for every t-ball game and every softball game and, and carrying his, his daughter's golf clubs for every golf tournament. He was going to be there for the family. So I went to go chat with him and just hang out for a little bit and kind of figure out the, the secret sauce, if you will, to, to having your time and having a good business. Cause I had a decent business, but I had no time whatsoever. And so he is the one that really introduced me to the idea of virtual assistants. He was using virtual assistants within his retail business to circle prospect and his executive assistant managing his calendar and, and disposition manager and, and, you know, contract to close. And he had rental properties and whenever his tenants would turn all the work, all the admin work that went into a tenant turn and screening the new tenants and getting somebody back in there and answering the phone, he was using overseas talent to do every bit of that. Right. And so that was the idea that, that kind of kicked it off for me because as an investor, I was doing the exact same thing that he was, except I represented myself instead of representing a client. And so the light bulb kind of went went off in my head. That was 2000, late 2011. I really worked hard at it through 2012 uh, to kind of figure out the process because I stumbled around for a long time trying to figure it out. And in 2013, we, we launched it as a business. We had helped almost 70 people for free in 2012 do what we were doing. Um, to to recruit, train, and find the right people to plug and play into their business. Um, so it started with me just helping some people out, doing what I was doing. In 2013, we made it a, a an actual business, and then we've we've been fortunate to have quite a bit of growth the last uh, you know a little over five years. That's incredible. So you really you kind of started this for yourself to solve totally. your own problem. Yeah. So there was a lot of companies out there that made these big promises. I, um, you know, my biggest pain was my phone was ringing all day. And if I was going to be meeting with sellers, I felt like my highest and best use of time was sitting in front of sellers, trying to get contracts and nothing else really made me money. It just had to happen to get the deal done. Mm. So I was going crazy answering the phone. I knew the phone had to be answered, but I felt like I didn't necessarily need to be the one to answer it. So um, same way with the back end office stuff, the back office task, they need to be completed too, but it wasn't, didn't seem like the best use of my time and the best use of my skill set. Yeah. Like so these were value drivers, right? They right. Were, you it's were like, just spending time in a way. Yeah. And so now that I've, I'm a little more seasoned, a little more educated and have great mentors, there's all these, you know, revenue generating activity versus non-revenue generating. And, you know, it's easier to categorize the, the task. But at the time it was like contract to close got me paid and everything else just had to happen in order to get me paid. Right. Yeah. And so that's how I just at the beginning segmented it. And um, there was companies out there that made big promises about having pre-trained people plug and play, because as you know, an inside sales rep, somebody on the phones, a very different job description than a bookkeeper or somebody doing, you know, um, background checks and screening tenants and all the things that it takes to run the day-to-day -day business. Um, you need a different type of person and those the different skill set to do those job descriptions. So I went to these companies that made big promises that were claimed to be the easy button and could you know, solve all my problems. And I did not have a good experience with any of them. I didn't you know, really get what I was looking for, which was a pre-trained person, somebody that I wasn't gonna have to spend my whole day teaching them the business. And then also I needed help with the integration. I needed somebody to help me with the technology on the front end. Help me with scripts and processes so that the the virtual assistant could know what to do all day long. So I had to build that all for myself from scratch. And that's initially, I just handed all my resources, all my process maps, all my scripts, my emails, my voicemails, everything to my friends and anybody I knew that needed it. That was really how I got started was because those two pieces... Um, I know it's a little bit of a tangent here, but I feel like most of the time we hire backwards. We have a pain point. We just go hire somebody. We throw them into the job. And then they just kind of right. learn from sitting there in the office all day. And they learn from just kind of being there. And I call it like osmosis training. You just eventually kind of get it. 
And that is a very long learning curve. And I think it's a very expensive implementation curve. And I think it's very, very painful. I hated driving into my office every day, trying to think about what I was going to tell somebody what to do. And so we kind of look at it as it's a different approach. You should look at your systems and processes first. And this isn't an abstract conversation. It's literally like, how do you log into the CRM? What website? What's the username? What's the password? And having all that written down so you don't have to trade that back and forth 100 times a week. Yeah. It's having written down, you know, the 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 general service phone line rings. Somebody has a question. How do we tag it in the CRM? What's What buttons do we actually push? And how do we actually push things through? We think that needs to kind of be written out and processed and, and categorized first because that creates the job description. Now we know the type of person we need to go fill that role. And chances are we eliminate some inefficiencies and we have cleaner processes. Now we've got cleaner structure. So when we bring somebody on board, they've got a foundation to stand on. Now we know what we're gonna be implementing. We know what's gonna, what the expectations are. And then having success after onboarding becomes so much easier if you go through that structure process at the beginning. So that's really the pain I felt at the beginning, looking for this just done for you solution that did yeah. not exist. Yeah, we just- I, I wanna take a sec to, to echo that because, um, and we, we, we sort of talked about this before we started recording. Um, I, I wanna go a little bit deeper real quick, but we, we, were, we were talking about how, you know, having someone that you can just hire and bring in, which is the typical way people hire. And I'll just go ahead and say it's, it's, it is the wrong way, but hiring someone, having them sit next to you, watch and kind of learn as you do doesn't work. It, it, you don't apply discipline to that process. And that person is thrown in, they're figuring things out on the fly. There isn't a structured way for them to learn. And one of the reasons Lateral actually worked with Rocket Station. We're still working with you guys, right? But one of the reasons we, uh, what pushed us to that was we had gone that path initially. We had like a close to a four week training period that was literally just new folks in the operation shadowing. And when you have to put someone like over, like someone else's shoulder that's been there enough time, like to shadow, it should be a signal that you're you're doing something wrong. And for us, it was actually reflecting on, on quality issues. And I've talked about this in previous videos that I've done for Lateral um, like six months ago or, or, or back when I talked about kind of how we were restructuring uh, certain parts of our flow. But as soon as we started working with you guys, it, it flipped the, the way we looked at it, which is like, it, it's not about... Um, you know, get better people because you could, you could bring in a savant and they'd still be clueless if you don't have the right systems and processes in place. And so one of the, the beautiful things that we got with you guys was uh, the, the coaching and um, kind of collaboration and building those processes. So we had them ready and then when we actually started bringing in those VAs, the training was like, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say this, that I think in less than a week, the VAs we had brought in from Rocket Station had already passed some of the existing employees that had gone through that, that initial kind of training where it was like, hey, you just shadow and you, you, know, you learn on the job as you go and figure things out. Yeah, you guys started that process and it was a requirement on our end that you guys go through that process with us. Will you go ahead and explain a little bit further? Did we require you guys to have everything that you needed beforehand? So I don't think it, uh, we, we actually uh, did, I think, a good job project planning this so we could piecemeal it. Um, and, and the way we did it, and I don't know if uh, other customers you have do this or if this is something you recommend, um, I was a little bit less involved than the day-to-day the -day in this than some of the other members on my team. But uh, at a high level, the way we had done this was we defined what are the easiest things that um, the, the VA team can come in and start accomplishing immediately to immediately add 
value and start driving results in the business. Yeah, I'd like to take one step back a little bit because the first thing we did was we looked at your team and we said, okay, who do we have? And how, what would be the highest and best use of their time, right? So when you're talking about the easiest task to outsource, it was also about, okay, we've got great talented people inside our organization already, mm. right? So it's like, how do we maximize what we already have while we're trying to increase the service level and all the task load and all of those things? It was really about empowering what you guys already had and then being able to grow on top of that. So that was 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 really fun about working with you guys is the it's all your internal team members should be utilized more efficiently and and have a better output and and better use of your time because you've taken those um, more simple or more repetitive and and or sometimes it's not simple or repetitive the task but just things that that weren't the best use of your or your team members time. Well, and I, I know like, um, I actually didn't realize you guys had gone that in, in depth with each person. Cause I know, uh, for the first couple of weeks, it was very, very collaborative. You were meeting with everyone in that team, uh, figuring out kind of what they did, hearing about like their day to day, um, which I guess, you know, in, in some ways my view is a little bit outside cause I wasn't in this day to day. Uh, but I did think it was really interesting. And now that I have that kind of like context that that's what you were doing, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think kind of where it ended up is probably where anyone wants to end up where you, uh, you guys at rocket station essentially defined the highest value things, the internal, like the team we already had could and should be doing. Then you defined like, you know, everything else. And it was kind of, chunking everything else out into these small components that could be passed on, right? Yeah, exactly. So it sounds very overwhelming to be like, oh, where do we start? And how do we even begin? But, you, you know, and you guys are, to be totally transparent, are better than most in that you're very structured in the way you think and you you were already pretty compartmentalized with your thoughts and the project base and the way you guys run your organization. But still, I mean, how many processes did you guys have written out end to end? Oh, well, so yeah, we were probably a little bit more ahead than some companies. We did have some, but some. I have to say like, we're probably like, if we had one page of documentation when we started with you today, we have like a hundred. Right. It and was so a factor that, of at least a hundred in, in the increase in documentation and systems and processes. Right. And so most most of us are the thought of going through that documentation process is overwhelming because to slow down enough and think about so just to log in for example to software it's a you know multi-step process you have you know go to the website well what website and then you have to type it in and then a username and password and they have to log in and where do you go it's like we don't really think on those terms we just do the job right because you just know how to do you know where you go and you just kind of float through your job and the task, and you don't stop and think about what you actually did. I don't have kids, but I've got nephews and I have friends that have kids. And every time they pick their kids up from school, 100% of the time, without fail, they ask them two questions. They say, how was your day? And they get the same response every time. Good, day was good. What did you do today? Stuff. I mean, no way, they, they, kids never have any idea. You have to then start prying in, okay, did you have music class? Today's what you have to actually drill down. Right, right. Well, it sounds funny, but if you stopped at the end of the day and you asked your employees, hey, how's the day today? They'd be like, oh, it's good, it's busy. Yeah, yeah, we had a busy day, it was super productive, yeah, yeah. Okay, what did you do today? I'm like, what, what do you mean, what did I do today? Wait, I like did lots of stuff. I, just, yeah, like, I did my I job. Just, I <laughs> did my job, right? But they have no idea because we just go through the day. Well, trying to grow, trying to scale, that that's just the major roadblock to that is not having any systems and processes to be transferable. So those documents we built for you, it's not an abstract thing. It's not something that's not used. It's not like your childhood math classes that you never apply later in life. This is something we have to actually use. And it's living. It, these are living training docs. So as things change, usernames, passwords are... We just update the training materials that were created. We don't have to redo it, but that creates the lanes, right? Those are like the bumpers in your organization to keep everybody on the same page and everybody doing the same things and everyone efficient. And guess what? Then mistakes 
are all but eliminated because we've put some structure in place. So it's really painful for us to think about going through those that process, but I'm glad you guys had such a good experience with that because that is literally why we designed that front end was for people like you to be able to have enough foundation that to, to turn the knob of growth or just even turn the knob of efficiency becomes a much simpler process. And, and quite honestly, that's what makes it doable. That's what, that's what allows that to happen. It, well, and one of the things that really excited me about having you on is um, our, our customers and almost everyone I talk to in the industry is at least thinking about, should I be bringing in a, a VA? Should I be bringing in someone to help accelerate my business in some way or another, whether it's on the operations side or the sales side, and we can dig into kind of that later. Um, but I think a lot of people don't know where to start and it does feel overwhelming. Like, do, could I even bring someone in? Um, and I'd like to maybe dig in more on the process of what it's like when someone joins so we can kind of demystify it and, make it a little less intimidating because yeah, totally. I think even, even for lateral, it, it felt a little intimidating at first. Um, you know, obviously during like that sales process, you, you make it much more comfortable for us. And that's what got us saying, okay, let's try this. Um, but practically once we signed up and we started doing this, working on the processes, I think it was actually a lot smoother than our team expected. Um, and I think because we ramped it, that, that helped with it, but maybe you can, walk us through what that process is like when someone signs up to uh, hopefully yeah, make it a little absolutely. less intimidating. Yeah. So we work with really large operators, like publicly traded companies, all the way down to mom and pop organizations that are, you know, solopreneurs doing it all themselves. And it's, we go through the same process with every single person. It's the same three steps. And the first step is what we call an alignment slash discovery phase. We're truly just getting to know you. And getting to know your business and how you operate and where are you and your team members and what kind of phone systems you have set up. And we're not expecting you to just know everything off the top of your head. We're going to pull it out of you and we're going to ask you a lot of questions to really understand your business and where you're trying to go and your goals. And from there, we can start building a roadmap. So our team is workforce management experts. So based on the number of phone calls you have coming in, based on the number of emails, based on your tenant terms, whatever it may be. The first thing we do is get aligned with you and we'll do some time studies and we'll kind of look at what's going on inside your business. That really creates the plan. So mm -hmm. once we have that plan, our team actually creates those scopes and actually creates those process maps for our client partners if they don't have them. And while they're creating those scopes, those process maps, that leads us into step two, which is to find the right person to fit that role. So we're screening about 4,000 applicants a month. We're hiring less than 2% of those, you know, English proficiency, skill set, competency, work history, all the things, resume screening, background checks, drug profiling, all the things that you would want done hiring anybody, we're doing that process, right? So we have a big infrastructure around recruitment and training so that we can just plug and play. So if you need somebody on the phone, if we just build like through the alignment phase and the discovery process, if it's going to be somebody working on the phone doing, you know, maintenance calls or emergency maintenance or tenant screening, that person on the phone, that's a very different role. That's a very different skill set than, say, accounting and bookkeeping. So through the alignment phase, step one, it really identifies the person, the type of person, the profile. We use culture index as a profiling tool. So we're matching skill set and profile to that job description in step two, which is to actually interview candidates. So we build the, the systems for you. And then we set you up with an interview to give you three, four, five candidates that are a perfect fit for that job description. And say process you guys went through, you jumped on an interview, you guys were actually supposed to only hire a couple people and you hired a couple more and you were going to right off the bat. Yeah. I think you were going to hire two and you ended up hiring everybody that was on the interview, yeah. um, which was hilarious. I don't know if you, you knew that, but... Um, yeah, no, I did. <laughs> that, yes. it, it, we were really excited about that. Yeah, so it was so that, hilarious. Like, it, yeah. it was cracking me up because, yeah, that's 
And that's really, to be honest with you, that's where most everyone's confidence really just solidifies in the process. You get on the interviews and it's like, oh, these are competent, skilled, normal people. It's just a normal interview and you've got your systems ready to crush. And I think that's what really makes people so excited is because that first step, it's a little bit hard still. We're making you work a little bit with us to kind of pull that out of you. Then we throw you on the interviews and you're like, ready to go right because you see you really feel it for the first time tangible let's dig into that a little bit before moving on to the next step because i i I do want to say for everyone listening um a a little bit about latchell's interview process we have i like to think we have a very high bar on our interview process we benchmark and and ask questions that align with leadership principles which we talk a lot about, but they're on our site. Or if you just Google Latcha leadership principles, they pop up. Uh, they're pulled from Amazon. So we look for things like customer obsession. Does this person show an obsession for the customer and service? Uh, is this person someone that continuously improves? Are they passionate about improving themselves professionally and you know personally? We look for bias for action, people that eliminate ambiguity in their processes. And so there's a whole bunch of these things. And we ask questions that are very deliberate in this. And about one in 20 people will ever pass our interview process. And to, to have four people basically hit the ball out of the park. And I, I want to add too to this that we weren't like holding any, pulling any punches when we were interviewing your hey, folks did, just because they were in the Philippines. You guys basically asked us if we would give you permission to do your full interview process and normal interview process. And what was our suggestion? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't Go remember. Do was it. that it? Okay. Because yeah, we yeah, did it anyway. Did it. So I'm, I'm yeah, glad that was your like, suggestion. Yeah, of course. Because this person's joining your team. This is a dedicated person that's going to be incentivized to drive your business and your goals and your outcomes. I want you stinking excited about it. I want you jacked up about the person that's joining your team. I don't want some frou-frou, fluffy, worthless interview. And that one was fun about what you guys, you dove in and you made the interview tough and you asked real questions and you guys were diving in about your core values. And, and I wouldn't say challenging the team, but in some ways presenting a challenge to the candidates on the interview to prove that they were a good fit for your organization. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty awesome way to go about it. And I, I, I bring this up in a way to address, I think what a lot of, a lot of the fears people have that sometimes, well, sometimes they are justified. And I think this depends on your process for bringing in a VA, but if you have the right process, I think, uh, a lot of these worries become unjustified. A lot of people worry about, okay, what are the, how about language barriers, like knowledge barriers? Like, does it ever actually make sense to hire anyone outside of the US? And maybe you can address some of those concerns that I think, you know, rightfully folks will have. You know, if I'm in the South, you know, and now on the phone and that person has like a Southern accent, is the person on the other end of the line going to be able to communicate well? Um, so I know you have a pretty built out process for actually training someone up and you're, you're probably already filtering on the hiring side anyway. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because we were just so impressed with, with how the interviews went that it, it feels like there's like some secret sauce or some magic you're working on your end. Well, yeah, that's the idea. I do think there's a formula, right? Like there's no, there's no. I don't think there's a magic formula, I th- but kind of. And for us, it's kind of what I described. Um, the You're talking about the concerns and fears. Of course, they're valid, right? So having somebody on the phones was such a huge fear that I had because I was afraid they are going to screw it up. Every time the phone rings, that's money. Well, even if it's just a customer support call, it's, everyone's in sales and in, in your organization. So if that call isn't handled appropriately, it can really do damage, right? So if it is sales and you're expecting money, you better have somebody really competent on the phone. They have great English proficiency. They have the skill set to be able to do it. They can ask the right questions. When I say competent, it means they know what the desired outcome is and they can get there on the phone because we all know that following a script and answering A, 
B, C, D is the worst way to have a conversation. And nobody has time for that. Nobody wants to be a part of those phone calls. And we're expecting our client partners to want the exact same thing. So our expectation is that you guys, that Latchell wanted it to feel like you had people sitting right there in your office. When your sphere, whether it's your client base, whether it's partners, whether it's customers, they need to think that whoever they're talking to, they're sitting right there in your office. Even though you guys have remote team members, you guys are kind of spread out too, it still yeah. needs to feel like a cohesive unit. And so we are going to make sure that the team that's integrated into your business is truly a team member and representing your business the correct way. And so just like I talked about, we use so much profiling and they're on our platform for six to eight weeks before you ever interview them. So we're going to know these people really, really well. We have a, a very extensive hiring process. We do all the things you would want. I mentioned it, background checks and screening and profile and resume screening. But at the end of the day, they go through that six week to eight week training. We get a really good idea of their skill sets. We use culture index to match their profile to that job description. And culture index has statistically been proven to be accurate. I think it's at 90 something percent accurate. So we rarely screw up because we've invested in the tools and we've also invested in the process so that you don't have to, right? So we're, we're truly trying to create the easy button experience and the concerns people have in that process are absolutely valid. We're just going to address those along the way because we get that they're there. You know, are they uneducated? No, all of our people have college degrees. Do they speak good English? Of course, they have almost perfect English proficiency or wouldn't work. You talked about the South. Yeah, I actually like to Memphis, call uh, I was just going to say, I I, sure. I I basically like calling the, 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 the accent like in LA. I'm from Los Angeles. And to me, like everyone we brought on from your team, they sound like they were also raised in LA. And that might be because like, you know, you, you get <laughs> like, the Hollywood is so ubiquitous, like you're, you're watching TV and, you know, films all the time. Um, but it, it really is like an, a Los Angeles accent uh, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's what we're, we're trying to say, Hey, we understand what it takes to run a business. I think I've told you this a hundred times. Business is easy. You guys know what you wanted. You know, your business, you know, your business, like the back of your hand. There's no question about that. People are hard. Managing people are hard. Systems and processes, having that structured, that's hard. And so we are taking the people part, which we also think is the most important part of any company's growth and ability to scale. We're trying to eliminate the obstacles that it, you would normally face in that process. And, and of course, we're not perfect, but I think from the experience that you've had, you can see we're, we're pretty good at what we do. Yeah. And, you know, I think back to what you were saying on, you know, defining the things that are going to be in the wheelhouse of that team. Um, you helped us be be very deliberate in what we were, you know, choosing to to document and create those SOPs and processes and systems around for the VA team to work on. So just to give like a, a real life example for listeners, there are some things that we obviously for good reasons that I'll talk about didn't want to move over uh, to the VA team. Um, the things we did move over were like, you know, screening to even know what, what type of issue was coming in. And that's something that is very kind of like SOP driven. You can actually provide technology to support that screening and decision-making process. Um, things like processing like inbound messages, whether it's email, text to understand what's going on, where is this associated to. And for anyone that isn't using any type of VAs right now, what I'd say is you should look at the way you're, what you're working on, very specifically the tasks you're working on, because like maintenance coordination, that is too broad. There's a lot inside of maintenance coordination. Taking an inbound message and knowing what work orders is associated to, that on its own, as small of a component as that is, it's its own component. And someone that's super experienced in troubleshooting difficult emergency issues 
you're kind of wasting their time if you're saying, oh, you also have to do the the screening just to understand, is this thing an emergency, right? So we still have this sort of um, multi-layered model where we, we try and parse out all of the different like subtasks and we create the processes for all of them. But the uh, ones that are like screening, you know, the responsing, the atta attaching these things to the different work orders is what your team's handling. And then when something escalates, um, so for example, like if you have a, a, an HVAC system leaking or a toilet overflowing, maybe in the future we'll be able to do this, but at least right now we didn't want to build like so much training and process that we'd have to like ramp someone up to actually know the inside and out of a home. Like we don't want to train someone up to be, you know, a, a general contractor or, you know, a handyman or maintenance tech, right? That makes a little less sense. And that's probably a lot more work, but you can then take something that's way more complex. Like how do I actually walk a tenant through, you know, fixing this overflowing toilet over the phone? You can put that on uh, you know, tier two person, which is what we do. Uh, those are the troubleshooters in our uh, company. Um, and they're, they're, we, we basically are hiring people there that come from property management. And we do that because there's certain things you might just want to hire the experience for, and you're not necessarily going to create detailed processes for the really complex things that require a lot of like kind of on the fly thinking and problem solving that requires specialized knowledge, right? So it's not about how do you take all the specialized knowledge that's required and offload it? It's about how do you take everything else that you don't want that specialized knowledge working on and offload that? Would that be kind of like a, an accurate way to, to think about what should be moved over and what shouldn't? Yeah, it's like um, the everybody operates a little bit different. So when you're talking about that specialized knowledge, it looks a little bit different for everyone, right? So um, you're absolutely right that that you want to start with the thing. And that goes back to the utilization conversation, right? Like if you have somebody that is a rock star in a certain role and you take everything else off their plate, they're just more of a rock star, right? Yeah. In what, what they do. And in most organizations, people will have to wear multiple hats. Right. People have to do a little bit of a couple different things in most companies. But if whenever possible, the, the more specialized we can be, the better. Right. Because it's just going to create more accuracy, more consistency. So I think that yeah. the way you described it is, is really well. Everybody operates a little bit different. But it's again, I, I know I'm a broken record here, but it's why we spend so much time on the front end building that and figuring that out. And it's so rare that everything goes exactly the way you build it at the beginning, right. because once you implement, what is the famous Mike Tyson saying? It's like, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face, yeah. right? It's like you build this beautiful plan and you build all these process docs and then you go into battle, which is implementation. And of course you make some adjustments. That's normal, right? And then your your confidence and grows in the process. You kind of adjust and adapt. That is so normal. I think you guys went through a little bit of that as well. But that's yeah, why we try to stay with you for the life of the account, right? So once the VAs are onboarded, we're we're with you forever, and we're we're maintaining that accountability with you for that exact reason to make sure efficiency is always there. I think the other thing too that we we didn't really talk about and we may have touched on it but really downplayed it but I think it is a huge value in that process uh, of process mapping and documenting you can't truly continuously improve something until you know where you're starting and mapping the process writing the SOP that's your starting point and then you can actually work on continuously improving that process as you tweak and modify your SOP. But if you don't have it documented, that means every time something different is gonna happen, right? And you're never gonna improve. And you're gonna have all these inefficiencies built in and not really be aware of it because you're just plowing through your day. The moment you stop to think about how everything's being done, 
oftentimes there's many areas for an improvement that's just simply the way things are handed off or communicated or automated. Like there's oftentimes things that we can do right at the beginning to make you much more efficient by just slowing down a little bit and being aware of what's actually taking place in the day to day. And so, yes, I think that's an amazing point about there's just so many benefits to going through that, that documentation process at the beginning. Is there any other, um, so we talked about that alignment phase you have, you map the processes, you go through the interviews, um, you've already done eight weeks of training leading up to those interviews for anyone in those interviews. The company picks who they want. In Latchell's case, we we pick everyone we interview because they, <laughs> they absolutely crushed it. Um, maybe that doesn't happen for most of your customers. I, I don't know, I'd be curious, but what happens after that? Okay, yeah, so step three, we never got to three, right? Three is onboarding, it's actual implementation time. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you get everything that you deserve and this is where your ROI comes from. And this time is it's for many of our client partners, it, there's a little, bit, a little bit of anxiety built into this phase, right? It's like the, the on-ramping, getting started, but we're there with you. We're gonna help make sure all the technology is set up, the usernames, passwords, the access, everything that they need to log in whatever time it's 8 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever time you're having them start, they're ready to go. They have everything they need. And then you guys get a start of day, an end of day report. There's a manager that's verifying what's actually happening in the day-to-day. And then we stay with you for the life of the account. So you guys have a a mid-level manager that we call a business coach that's assigned to you for, for as long as you guys are with us as a resource because we never want you out on an island by yourself. So we, we go through that initial phase with you to get all set up. You're going to go get on interview process to get the right candidate. And then we never leave you. We stay with you for, for as long as you're with us. Awesome. I, I want to say too, on the caliber of the, the folks, and maybe this is less about caliber in terms of like professional experience, but I do think like culturally it becomes really important when you're working with someone over and over. Um, and so this is a lateral story. You can maybe take this back and share it. I, I, I'm, I don't know if uh, the other uh, team members at Rocket Station know about this, but we started a, uh, a survival fantasy football league. So you, you pick teams each week. And like if you pick two teams that lose, you're eliminated. Um, and I'm pretty sure... Uh, every every team member we brought in from Rocket Station survived longer than I did. But what was impressive to me, it, there's two things. The first is you really, you know, the more you kind of work uh, with the VAs that came over from Rocket Station, the less it seems like they're, they're not just sitting right next to you. Um, there, there's practically and maybe literally would actually be a better word, no difference between someone that comes over from you guys and any of the folks we've hired in the U.S. Um, we, typically, I think uh, a company doing this for the first time might think, oh, it's going to feel so different. Like there's going to be this like culture separation or whatever. And that has not been our experience. It's It's been completely seamless. The point of that, the the NFL Survival League reference though was that you you kind of like someone halfway around the world like maybe in your head you're thinking like oh like it's so different than like what we go through in like the u.s like it's gonna be we're not gonna relate and all this stuff i mean they know more about football than i do they're picking better teams than me and they're further in the league I am. They're just people, right? It's just people. That's a hilarious story. I did not know that. Um, but again, that goes to to credit to you guys for for treating them like team members and integrating them in and being open to that. You guys have a great company, a great organization, and your culture internally was strong before you you guys even were introduced to us. So um, it, it's not you guys do a great job as well. So I'd love to take all the credit for that. But <laughs> but you guys are a really strong organization and run really really well. So it made it e- easy to service you guys. So if I would say if there's anything different about you guys, it would be that um, 
it would be the investment that you made into us from the beginning. We we had some requirements of you guys um, to to spend some time with us to make this happen, and you guys were all in from the very beginning. And that's just another example. So I I would like to say a lot of the the successes to your open mindedness and your 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 foresight, and then just treating people like people. You guys have a great culture, and you integrated them in. So that's a super cool story. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you say that. And maybe going off that, I'd love to hear if there are certain things or traits that make for an ideal customer of yours. Like how how could someone interested in working with you to get VAs on board? What could they look at in their own companies and themselves to set themselves up for success? Yeah, anybody who is has a viable platform. So if you've got a business that you're spending money on and you're filling any kind of pain points, um, whether you hire us or not, I think people should spend a little bit of time with my development team um, to go through that discovery call. It's a free call um, to, to learn more. But anybody who's genuinely interested and honest and sincere about being interested in, in virtual assistance in the process, I would be happy to, you guys can shoot an info, an email over to info at rocketstation.com or check out rocketstation.com um, and just email info at rocketstation.com and say, I want a discovery call. Robert said I can get a discovery call. And our development team is, is workforce management experts. This is what they do. We are looking for client partners who have a genuine interest in improving their business. Our mission is enhance lives through better business. So anyone who is honest and sincere about that process of becoming more efficient, getting their time back and potentially making more money, um, we, we would love to talk to you. Right on. And is there, um, going off that, so uh, anyone making money, trying to make more money and really wants to build a business that can grow, uh, that can scale, that wants to spend their time on the more important things should talk to you. They should go through that discovery. Yeah, call. absolutely. Honestly, I'm sure like anyone will learn from that call. Um, that's, that's kind of the best part about it, right? And we're, we're in a really great position at this point. We, our, our company has just been just done so well the last several years. And so there's like, I could care less if anybody hires our teams or not. Right. But if it's just, all I care about is people that are honest and sincere about the process, then we're happy to help in any way that we can, whether you hire our teams or not. And that's really what the discovery phase is for. Okay. And then, in terms of kind of best practice for companies and maybe instead of starting with best practice, maybe it's better to take a step back and talk about where folks make mistakes in hiring their first VA or first couple of VAs. And I'd like to kind of take it back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the call uh, when you talked about doing this initially for yourself and you kind of alluded to having to go through kind of the mistakes and talking to companies that, that just weren't uh, up to snuff. Um, can you tell us a little about the mistakes folks should avoid when bringing VAs and if you made any early on and went through that learning process? Yeah, what so like? we've really covered it in the conversation, right? But I'll just kind of reiterate it from that standpoint, from that perspective, eliminate mistakes. If uh, people are not willing to go through the front end process to think about actually putting in systems and processes, for example, it's so easy to think about like putting somebody on the phone. Oh, I'll just have them answer the phone. Well, what are they going to say? How do you want them to represent your company? So to me, the biggest mistake is not spending time getting prepared on the front end because people get overwhelmed in that process. Then when you bring a team member on, getting them up to speed becomes a disaster. And then that's what initially creates poor culture, and in my opinion, because there's no accountability, there's no structure, and then you're just frustrated as the operator and your team members frustrated because they don't know what the heck they're doing. And then the second thing is just, um, it's that investment that I talked about into bringing them into the team. They're human beings. They're people. They need to know when they're succeeding and they need to know when they're they're failing. So when they're sending start of day and end of day reports and they're going through, they need feedback. They need updates. So 
we we have to work with client partners that are investing in their business they're investing in themselves um and investing in their team because if they're not going to to really be involved in the process or at least have you know have legitimate um structure for that person to be successful then it's it's just not really a good fit for us so i i think the two biggest mistakes are not um willing to be prepared on the front end not willing to work with us to get structure and then not really investing in that person not being a part of the process once we upboard onboard and get them up to speed and you know there's no way to just get money deposited into your bank account i, I haven't i've yet to figure out a way to just do that sounds like a good and business so, yeah having the expectation that you're just going to flip a switch like they're computers human beings are not just computers that you flip a switch on and then they just run in the background and everything's okay they've got to be integrated in the business they've got to be a part of your culture they have to be a part of your team um, not everybody's going to be as good as you guys at creating survivor pools and all those types of things that's okay but as long as people are genuine and about uh trying to create good culture and having a, a strong foundation then we usually don't have any problems as long as people kind of follow the process with us that you guys went through. And, you know, coming off that, uh, I, again, flattered by your comments about Latchel and the culture we've created. I know you do a lot of um, uh, content and offer a lot of support and like educational materials um, uh, to businesses. You're, you're, like a thought leader in the space and what you offer. Um, and I want to connect that a little bit to, to kind of culture and core values of the company. Cause you talked about uh, rocket stations mission um, to help businesses, uh, you know, do more of, of uh, be more excellent. <laughs> I'm uh, totally paraphrasing what you said. So maybe you can, if you want to uh, restate what that mission is, yeah, go, go so, for it. Yeah, our, our mission's enhance lives through better business. And we believe better business is that process that we talked about. It's, it's going through those three steps and having some structure. And then all of a sudden culture becomes a lot easier to, to create. And, and our core values are to do the right thing, to exceed expectations. And then we like to have fun. And so we feel like it within those three core values, it kind of encompasses everything that we need. If we're doing the right thing and exceeding your expectation, all the character, the integrity, the honesty, all the words, they fall under doing the right thing. And then to me, life's about expectations, whether it's in your personal life with your relationships or your business and the goals you set for yourself, your happiness or lack thereof is really dependent upon the expectations that you have. So yeah. we spend a lot of time with people to create the right expectations and to, to really to set the bar. But I think as you guys saw, we, um, we try to meet or exceed those expectations without fail. You've far exceeded our expectations. So, and I should say too, of every single VA we've brought on, from rocket rocket station they they excel they exceed expectations we have a hundred percent employee retention so for all intents and purposes I, i'd say awesome. it was above exceeding expectations it was outstanding which is awesome. part of our our quarter we do quarterly reviews we're actually going through the quarterly reviews right now but our scale is meets expect well needs improvement meets expectations exceeds expectations and outstanding um this is our quarterly review right now. You guys get an outstanding. <laughs> oh, that's a big, what a compliment. I can't wait to share that with the team. I'm serious. So we, we do a lot of internally. I mean, we, we reinforce that all the time. And so the fact that you guys are, are good, that's really cool. I'm excited to share that with the team. Yeah, no, we, we love rocket station. We're all about you guys. Um, I do want to wrap by asking a, a final question I have. Um, really, I'm just going to ask you to share a little bit more with us. I'd love to hear some success stories. Uh, I'll just say Latchel, it's been a huge success, so let's not talk about Latchel. But other success stories you have, um, if you have examples in property management, that would be awesome. I'd love to hear those, but I'm open to hearing any other success stories you can share with us. Yeah, so the one of the larger operators that we work with, the property management company, has 28,000 doors under management, and we have 48-something team members working for them, doing all their their um, 
their their main general lines. They take a lot of their maintenance calls. They do all their tenant screening and their terms and a lot of accounting and bookkeeping. And so for them, they're in full growth mode, backed by some some big money funds. And they're not really they're trying to just grow, but their CEO called and their big concern was they're doing a whole bunch of marketing and they didn't want to build out the customer support teams. They thought they were going to have to hire 17 Americans to answer the phone to deal Mm. with the marketing that they were going to do. And so they literally weren't willing to invest in their business because they didn't want to build out more desks and seats and chairs and didn't want to put more butts in the seat. We were able to to not only meet their expectations, but we, we went from 17 to 48 people not only allowing them to grow, but saving them millions and millions in payroll. And that That's sounds awesome. like a, you know, a big company, 28,000 doors, but in Memphis, there's a company with 2,200 doors they were managing. They had 42 Americans in the office. They were hemorrhaging money through salary and payroll just to try to meet the expectations from both their tenants and the property owners. By leveraging Rocket Station, they not only saved $1.8 billion in annual salary savings straight to the bottom line, but what he told me was a couple of years ago, it, it snowed in Memphis and it never snows in Memphis. And this property management company is so strong, they even have scopes when they're they're doing a turn on a house and they're, they're redoing the contractors are over there, that every night the contractors are supposed to turn the water off just in case something happens. Well, there's a, a, a flash freeze comes one night and 72 properties have busted pipes. The owner of the property management company pulls up and I get a call from him. He says, his exact quote was, the $1.8 million in salary savings is great, but what I actually care about is the emotional capital I got back knowing that my business is still running. He said, you guys saved me so much stress in the day-to-day because I know my business is still going to operate. Not one of those people showed up because they were dealing with their families and picking kids up from school and doing everything else. So that to me is the best compliment that I can ever get. Yeah, we try to help people save money. We help try to help people make more money. But we think running a business that you enjoy is priceless and having the build the business that you intended to build that there's nothing better than that and you cannot put a price tag on that so um and then you know we have smaller property management companies with about 100 doors and i just got a text message right before this started about how excited they are to be in this business because they see a light at the end of the tunnel for them to be able to grow and scale and be profitable without them having to to sell their souls and work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. So those are my favorite success stories. I could talk all day about people making more money, but it really gets me worked up when people talk about how much more they enjoy running their business by having the flexibility and freedom that we provide. That's awesome. I I, I love it because uh, you know you, we're one of your customers. We love you guys, but we have also the same... They're very similar missions and ethos on helping people in the industry and the property management industry grow and scale in a productive way. Um, And the way you guys are doing it is, is amazing. Um, And I think any property manager in this, the industry trying to grow a business should, should talk to you guys, have that discovery call. Uh, You gave us info at rocketstation.com. Is there any other resources you want to give uh, to our audience to to check you out? If, pe- if people email that, yeah, if people email info, we will send you some great PDFs, some great packets, and some great resources that that they could use to kind of kickstart the conversation. Craig and the team, the development team, they've got some amazing resources for property management. We're happy to share some of that stuff with anyone. Even if you don't schedule a discovery call and you just want uh, our property management bible, shoot shoot an email over to info. And ask for that, and we'll we'll happily send that packet. And then, if you want both the the packet and the discovery call, just say, "Hey, I'm interested in discovery call," and also shoot me some info. Happy to share anything we have with with anyone that's interested. Awesome. Well, Rob, thank you so much for for joining. This was a super productive conversation. Everyone listening, go to rocketstation.com. Email info at rocketstation.com. Get those PDFs schedule a discovery call, learn about your business, 
and learn how you can scale and grow. Rob, thanks so much for, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And for everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. If you're interested in learning more about Latchel's services, head over to latchel.com, hit book a demo. We'd love to talk to you about how Latchel can also help you grow and scale by streamlining the maintenance portion of your business. Um, and for the podcast, make sure you head over to iTunes or Google Play, download the podcast, subscribe, give us some love, share it on Facebook, share it with your mom, share it with everybody. Uh, again, we run these live sessions every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. So tune in next time. And uh, we're going to be talking with Al Williamson of The Leading Landlord next week. So stay tuned for that. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Hit that subscribe button. Give us some love. Maybe give us a five-star review, too, if you like what you're hearing. And I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the book a demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We want to hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together, maybe not, but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. Thanks, everyone. See you back next week.